Hello, my name is Nick Boyle and I'm an academic associate at the Chartered Banker Institute, the world's oldest professional banking institute. I'm also a director at Storm7 Coaching. I'll be your host for our new series of podcasts titled The Leadership for All series. This series will explore how everyone at any level can adopt key aspects of leadership within their roles. Every month, a new topic will be explored, delving into key subjects within the banking sector with insight from a whole range of experts. We encourage you to visit our website to view and watch the other resources in this series after listening to this podcast. These resources will include a monthly blog, podcast and webcast, where we will focus on understanding the concept discussed, expert views, and also how we can bring this alive at all levels. I hope you enjoy this series, and I'm delighted to be joined by our guest, Elisa Moskalin, Head of Sustainability and ESG at Santander. Hi, Nick. Really pleased to be here with you today. Great. Thank you. And, and obviously, uh, a busy week with uh, COP happening at the moment, which we'll maybe touch on a, a little bit later. But uh, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing your views uh, on sustainable choices uh, and how this relates to aspects of leadership. Um, Elisa, what uh, effects have megatrends had on the banking sector and wider financial services industry? Oh, I think that the first megatrend is the rise of ESG. Um, I think in the past five years, there's been really an acceleration of environmental, social and governance considerations in the financial services industry. And I think that's very uh, positive. Um, as you uh, have heard from COP and uh, all the, the news, I think climate change is on top of everyone's mind. And that's very important. It's one of the, I think, most material, we say in jargon, most important, um, I would say, mega trends or uh, material topics uh, uh, for the financial services industry. Uh, but I think we shouldn't forget that uh, uh, we talk about ES and G, so environmental, social, and governance. So in addition to the E, environment and climate, there are also very important S uh, for social and governance factors. And I think we've seen also during the pandemic, um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement that we cannot forget the S. We cannot forget that there are uh, other topics such as the fast pace of digitalization, um, leaving no one behind, uh, uh, aging population, uh, as well as uh, uh, diversity and inclusion, as we've seen, um, and putting really people at the heart of doing business. I think those are all very, very important uh, mega trends that we've got to look out alongside with, of course, climate change. And I would uh, add also biodiversity, which I think is going to be one of the uh, the addition to to, to climate. Um, and uh, um, and I think that, uh, as I said, the digitalization as well. Uh, has been a, a very important uh, uh, issue uh, within the sector uh, and thinking about uh, uh, financial crime and cyber risk within the context of digitalization are all very important mega trends uh, to, to watch out. So I think an incredibly busy agenda for sustainability professional like me. I was just going to say it, it really does cover such a wide range of uh, topics. Um, yeah, it must, it must keep you really scanning that macro environment, uh, really looking to the future as well and seeing what's happening around the world. It is. And, uh, and Nick, I would say um, 
often uh, we're asked in my profession, can you pick one? Can you pick a, well, a couple of things? A couple of things. It's the let's prioritize and focus. And I often joke and say, well, in my space, you can't really say, oh, I'm gonna, you know, fight climate change, but I'm gonna close an eye on modern slavery. That's not how it works. Uh, they're all very important. It's true. It's hard. It's fast. But I think that the 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 point is. Uh, try to do all the basics right. So try to, as a, as a bank or a financial institution, to respond um, to all your material issues. And then maybe a question, where can my institution make the biggest impact? And therefore, where is that I want to really push further and go beyond compliance and maybe even maybe beyond leadership towards becoming a pioneer? And that's how I think you balance such a vast uh, a vast agenda. And, and I guess that really does support cultural transformation uh, on, a, on a higher level in, a, in an organization like yours. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, culture is crucial uh, for you to be able to drive this agenda, having the right culture and behaviors in place and uh, having people focused on doing the right thing um, is absolutely key uh, to, to drive a sustainability agenda. Fantastic. And, and um, Elisa, based on your kind of wealth of experience, what do you think the definition of modern corporate sustainability is and, and how does this compare to traditional corporate sustainability? Yeah, it's a good question. So the, the simplest way to put it is corporate social responsibility is about uh, uh, distributing money and uh, sustainability is about how you make that money in the first place. So let me give uh, some examples. So, you know, in the world of CSR, the corporate social responsibility, we used to focus a lot on volunteering and philanthropy. Whereas on, when you talk about sustainability, it's really about how you run your business day in, day out. And how do you integrate environmental, social and governance factor within your business uh, decisions? So to, to use a, a, an example, um, let's take climate change. So in the CSR world, it would mean we go off uh, with all employees and uh, plant some trees or uh, uh, clean a beach. Fantastic activities, team building, fantastic volunteering day out. And, and it's great. And it's, uh, it's a great activity. Let's do, do that. But that won't be enough. So that's CSR. It's volunteering philanthropy. In the sustainability world, it's about thinking how does your financial institution support the transition to a low carbon economy? How can you align your portfolio to, to uh, a, the Paris Agreement? Um, and how really do you shift your investments? So, so as you can see, there is a quite substantial difference between the two. And I think sustainability, as the, world, as the word itself says, is about ensuring that your business is sustainable and therefore can uh, can produce you know good performance not just commercial performance but also social environmental one because ultimately we know that you know we don't succeed in isolation as businesses and uh, banks are no different we will not thrive unless the ecosystem within which we operate also thrives with us. And uh, I, I really like that aspect because we've talked about the impact previously of culture. But now we're getting into more of the nitty gritty about how some of the, um, the things you learn and develop and, and, and understand actually impact other things like credit policy. 
um, like you know how we employ people worldwide, uh, much much more deeper. So your your kind of tentacles within the organisation are growing and growing, and you're getting more impact in different areas. Yeah, I think sustainability for professionals needs to somehow infiltrate uh, every <laughs> department. Uh, uh, of, of uh, a bank. And, and that's what we have done also at, at Santander. We have appointed sustainability business partners um, who sit within each business division and really help us bring our uh, sustainability strategy to life. And that's very, very important because, you know, sustainability is not something that gets done uh, by a small central team. That's, that's impossible. That wouldn't uh, really result into integration. Uh, what you need is a, a strong collaboration between the central team that can act as a center of excellence and expertise and the deep subject matter within the business division. So let me use an example. You know, my team and I uh, know all about sustainability, but not much about mortgages. And, and the reality is if you put me to design a green mortgage, the result won't be great. <laughs> I'm very honest. <laughs> If I and my team will work together with the, with the mortgage experts within our organization, then we partner with them, upskill them, and support the bank uh, to understand what, what would a uh, you know, uh, greener uh, mortgage proposition look like, then, then that's the type of winning partnership. Uh, uh, and that's the direction where I think many businesses are moving. It's about really um, upskilling across the bank, across the organization, colleagues, uh, who retain their own area of expertise, but can look at it through the lenses of sustainability, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. And I, I always think it's such an interesting uh, dilemma and dichotomy for banks across the world is, you know, we're, as we've got this huge move away from fossil fuels, an example, but we probably have a lot of customers that have fossil fuels. So how we manage that process for the betterment of all is a kind of probably our goal, but it's a very, very difficult thing to do. And we'd have to consider, you know, the financial position, but also consider, you know, the, the impacts on the on the world um, and the climate. Yes, indeed. And we often talk about just transition. And I think that that word there is very important. Uh, uh, we do need to, to move away, and that's uh, undisputable but, uh, from fossil fuels, but we do need to do that in a way that is sustainable, that is just, uh, and uh, doesn't create more disruption. Um, so it, it's not uh, an easy uh, problem, you're very right, but uh, I think the focus in there is there uh, clearly from all banks and also the regulators. So, uh, I am a cautious optimist, uh, uh, and I, I think that uh, we we can get there. There is, a, I think, now the the political will as well, the and public uh, uh, pressures, uh, all the the elements seem there for us to move in the right direction. Let's see now. Um, uh, hopefully, COP proves me right, and uh, we can all get on and uh, and and take it from there in a few days. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking of thinking of sort of corporate strategy and culture, one of the things that I uh, came across recently and, and I've heard a lot about is, is greenwashing. And I, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity to get a good explanation of what greenwashing is and the detrimental impact it has uh, on terms of reaching net zero and a low carbon world. 
Yeah, so greenwashing is about companies making commitments uh, toward achieving net zero or achieving environmental outcomes that are not genuine or authentic. Um, so let me give you an example. Uh, a bank um, a bank declaring that uh, they have eliminated all the, the coffee cups from their, uh, from their buildings. Um, and that being a great achievement towards uh, a greener world. Not, not really, <laughs> that is greenwashing because as a bank, you know, the coffee cups impact uh, compared to the impact of uh, your portfolio uh, is, is minimal, it's not material, right? Now, don't get me wrong, it is important that we also eliminate the cup, the, the, coffee, the plastic coffee cup. And that's, you know, there's no question about that. Um, the same things go uh, with uh, tree planting, you know, and the example I gave earlier, there is nothing wrong and we have to plant more trees. So, so uh, that is important. But to say that that is the bank's contribution towards uh, uh, achieving, you know, fighting climate change, that is when where there is a, a problem of greenwashing. So if the company doesn't go beyond that, that's when you have an issue. And I think that companies are now uh, mindful of that. Uh, um, and look, uh, I, I think that uh, greenwashing can be incredibly damaging for uh, uh, the, you know, the reputation of banks and companies. Um, I think we also have to be careful um, that we don't uh, um, downplay um, some also of the good efforts. So, you know, if a company is, uh, if a bank is going out and planting trees, uh, you know, as long as that uh, is also a company with other bigger commitments and alignment of portfolios towards uh, net zero, or, uh, you know, if a bank declares uh, that they want to achieve net zero, but they haven't yet figured out how, and however, that there, are, there are some plans in place, let's work together uh, to, to get to those answers. So what I'm trying to say is um, there is always a risk that we demonize some of the activities and call them greenwashing uh, when they have a right to be in their, in their own. Um, at the same time, you know, it's uh, good that, uh, and, you know, this is my surprise that I'm saying that, but I think it's good for organizations and especially uh, activists to call out when uh, banks or companies uh, um, are a bit too enthusiastic and, uh, and make, uh, you know, commitments that don't go far enough or uh, are, uh, um, you know, or hide the bigger impact than they make. So I think that activists have an important role to keep us through. Um, so yeah, a balance in the, um, in the in the greenwashing space, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I watched a, a TV program about a drinks manufacturer, I won't say which one, but um, uh, the other day. And uh, what, what came across was there was plenty of greenwashing. That's what they decided on the, on the outcome of the, the um, documentary. But I think what I took away from it is just how hard it is to get it right. You know, this is a, a company that seemed to want to do well and want to try, but actually was was not achieving and 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 hiding the fact that it wasn't achieving almost. And from that perspective, it just became it probably going down a road it didn't want to go. But it's very very difficult to achieve it. We've got to work hard at it. It is, and I think that the trouble is that. When it comes to climate, we don't have all the answers, right? So, you know, it's it's not uh, uh, simple to establish the pathway to net zero, and and I think that's what makes it tricky. 
Um, so there might be an intention to meet it, but the, the path to get there, it's not, uh, it's not clear. And uh, I think methodologies are still being developed. That said, that shouldn't be an excuse for uh, uh, banks or companies to make empty statements. So it's, uh, it's the right thing to hold us accountable and, and wanting, you know, as we're seeing um, more disclosures and transparency on what are the plans or these commitments. Um, I do think that sometimes you have to make a commitment that is bold, although you don't yet know how you're going to get there. But as long as you know, you've put your face there, you've made a commitment, you've got to figure out how you're going to deliver now. I think that's that's important. So, yeah, you're right. I think that what makes it difficult if we don't have all the answer we'd like when it comes to how do we really fight climate change and turn uh, and, and and you know turn the table. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's important that we uh, are transparent uh, and that, uh, uh, you know, we don't hide pro uh, behind empty statements. So again, I'd say a balance. That's, that's fantastic, Elisa. a really, really interesting uh, topic to discuss. And uh, lastly, I just wanted to get your thoughts and advice on, um, you know, what, what advice would you give to our listeners on this uh, topic? How can they implement change and, and act at any level of their organization? And help change the banking sector for for the future wow uh, how many hours do we have to discuss this one nick <laughs> well like, let, let me try to give you the the headlines i think that uh, in the sustainability space i'd say move away from emotion to facts sustainability is like any other strategy it needs to be based on insights on the data so go off do a solid materiality metrics assessment which is a an assessment to see what are the topics that are most relevant to that bank and base your strategy on uh, on data and on what really matters because that's how that's where you are going to make the biggest uh, impact that's where also you know the the bank will have the biggest impact and will suffer the biggest impact so very important strategically um secondly i would say uh, make sure you've got the right skills uh, this is super important. I think that the skill gaps in the sustainability space is big. And uh, I think that uh, uh, the Chartered Banker Institute uh, is, uh, and, and other, along other institutions, is good at doing some very good work around uh, uh, filling that gap. Um, look, uh, Nick, the reality is, is for any strategy, you need people uh, who have the capability to deliver on it, right? And sustainability is no different. So, I think companies and banks need to attract the right talent, the people with the right skill set in place, and also, I'd say, upskill uh, all bankers. Because as we said and discussed before, sustainability is not done just for, from by a small central team, but every banker is a sustainable professional. Imagine the change that we would drive if every banker would truly take into account environmental and social consideration within every business decision. I mean, the world would be definitely different. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm really enthusiastic about the work that the Chartered Banker is, is doing in this space, because I think that's uh, uh, where we need to move towards. Um, and then I would say, um, you know, integrate within the business strategy. So sustainability uh, is not on top. It's not additional. Um, it's not something that is done in parallel to the business, but it needs to be really aligned to the commercial objectives of the bank, and it can really enhance uh, commercial performance. I often uh, talk about ESG plus C. 
So I talk about environmental, social, governance, and commercial, because the reality is if, if you go bankrupt, you're not going to be sustainable. So the commercial aspect is uh, very important, but it goes along and it can't, uh, um, you know, live in harmony and be enhanced by the environment, by good environmental, social, and governance practices. So in a nutshell, then, if we have other four hours, we can deep dive a bit. No, but you know, I really, I really do love that uh, adding in the commercial aspect all of it. But actually, you know, the whole point of our series is about giving people some advice at all levels. So um, yes, you might want to in your in your offices, you know, go out plant trees, you know, save cups. I think these are all really really good things to do, uh, and actually it shows you're taking some personal responsibility. But there's a real opportunity to upskill, to learn, to grow, and also to challenge our own companies, our banks, on what they are doing and are they living up to what they're promising. And I think that's a, a great thing for us to be able to do, and and that probably hopefully will direct great communication back and forth between, you know, the, the whole of the organization. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, imagine what a different world it'd be if, you know, every um, everyone in the bank uh, would really think through the lenses of sustainability. And, and look, sometimes I get people saying, oh, but this is something that someone in the bank does, it's not me, but actually no, you know, let, let me give some example. If, if you know, someone in mortgages starts thinking, oh, what about designing green mortgages? Or if someone who in retail bank does products developments and start thinking of how can I create a product that can really be inclusive for people living with vulnerabilities? You know, or how do I make this digital platform more uh, inclusive? Or, uh, you know, how can it help uh, increase uh, financial inclusion? I mean, that would be truly transformative to, you know, support functions as well. Someone in, in, in our supply chain starts thinking, right, how do we make sure that all our suppliers comply with, uh, you know, our environmental, social and governance standards? And, you know, as banks as well, we've got a lot uh, of outwards uh, looking um, power. So how do we support our clients in this transition? I would say the big ones, but even more importantly, the smaller one, you know, how do we support SMEs, small, medium enterprises, uh, and all the businesses and clients that we serve in this very big transition? Um, you know, how can we incentivize as well this transition? So there's lots of work to do, and every banker, everyone in the bank, no matter what they do, uh, they can really contribute, which I'm hoping and I'm finding and I found in my career, it's also very motivating, you know, Yes, we can get out of bed in the morning at 7, 6 a.m. saying, yes, let's, uh, you know, increase the price, the, the price uh, uh, of our shares. But actually getting out of bed and saying, let's change the world and leave a better world behind. It's a much stronger motivation, especially in a rainy day. So I think it's also a very, uh, you know, engaging and motivating um, thing to do for, for banks and companies alike. Well, I have to, I have to say if... Um... You know, as a as a strategy to get yourself up in the morning and thinking about that as your focus, I think that's such a powerful way to end. Uh, so, uh, at least thank you, uh, Lisa. Thank you so much for um, for the time. We could talk for hours and hours more, and I would love to do that at some some future uh, stage. But look, uh, I'm going to going to move on and just say to everybody that's been listening today and those that are listening on recordings, so thank you so much for your time, and really thank you to Elisa for joining us and sharing. Um, your fantastic insight and knowledge on the, the subject of making sustainable choices. 
And thank you, as I said, to our listeners, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. And don't forget the wider Leadership for All series, um, which you can listen to uh, from the Chartered Banker uh, website. Uh, this has been a collaboration between the Chartered Banker Institute and Storm Surfing Coaching. Thank you all very much. <laughs>